a huge sense of pride in what I do. So I think going into this area and this job, some days it can be hard and challenging, but being really proud of kind of what you stand for. So the organization that you work for, the job that you do and the people that you serve is the biggest part of longevity of the career. And I think that would be something that is important to have on your mind in college um, when you're looking at looking at careers and jobs and companies and thinking, is this, am I going to come home every evening or night and be proud of kind of what I've done, what I stand for? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Stronger Than You Think, a podcast by Youth Villages, and I'm your host, Sam Coates. In each episode, you'll hear a story of passion and resilience from an employee of Youth Villages, one of the top children's behavioral and mental health organizations in the country. Children with emotional and behavioral challenges and their families face unimaginably difficult circumstances. And it takes a committed, well-trained and supported person to show up for these children and youth every day to help them find their path to well-being. Join us to hear from individuals as those on the front lines of this work as they talk about their career journeys and how their own personal experiences fuel their passion, making a difference every day. Our guest this week is Trisha Murphy. After growing up with an incredible family and support system, Trisha knew that she wanted to find a career that she would love for a long time. After growing up in Charlotte, North Carolina, and going to college in East Tennessee, Trisha looked at several places to start her career. She found Youth Villages because, as she says, she knew she could be directly involved in the work. This is a great episode about wanting to give others what you have, following your passion, looking for the right career fit, and taking the leap, plus much more. As I've said before, and as you know, there are a lot of programs going at Youth Villages. Today, we're talking about LifeSet. The LifeSet program is one of the nation's first and now one of the largest evidence-informed programs helping young people who age out of foster care by bridging the gap between childhood and adulthood. Please enjoy this week's episode with Trisha Murphy. Trisha, great to be with you. Yep, good to be here with you. So what's it like moving to a new city and starting a new career right after college? Yeah, I mean, moving to a new city, new job is always you know, pretty I guess overwhelming, a little intimidating at first. Honestly, I'd say graduating college, packing all up and moving was kind of a whirlwind. So it all kind of stuck together in a sense. But yeah, I think it, it was definitely a, a challenge in the beginning. Um, I had to put a, a lot of work and effort in my first you know, few weeks, few months here, kind of to start settling into Memphis and making it feel like a home. So you went to the University of Swanee. Yep. So can you maybe walk through, you know, you had a double major in psychology and religious studies, right? Yep. So what'd your college experience look like, how you were seeking, what you're going to do with your career, where you're going to go? Can you maybe talk through that? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. Then I moved to kind of Chattanooga area for college, went to Suwannee. I knew from the beginning I wanted to study psychology. I think just how the brain works has always fascinated me, specifically kind of how people communicate and express themselves in different ways. 
And so knew I wanted to study psychology. Then I took a few religion classes in college and really loved them. So I continued, I guess, my education in religion as well. I studied abroad in Thailand. Oh, nice. Um, and studied a lot of like Buddhism and different types of like philosophies. And then decided I kind of wanted to pursue both. Didn't really have a <laughs> plan on what I would do with them, but um, knew I was passionate and interested in, in both. Um, so I did that in Suwannee. Stayed there for a summer and interned in Chattanooga um, at a nonprofit called Bridge Refugee Services, which helped uh, resettle refugees in the Chattanooga area. And then didn't want to leave the Tennessee area when I started looking for jobs after college. So did you have any idea you wanted to do this work when you came to college? Yeah, I knew I wanted to work in kind of the nonprofit area. And I really liked working with kids, young adults, and families. So definitely this area, but, you know, I didn't know what Youth Villages was at the time at all. So even coming in, is there anything that you can speak to about why you would want to work with kids and families even before you went to college? Yeah, so even before college, I think I just really valued like building relationships with people. It gave me a really strong sense of self and I knew looking towards my career, I wanted to do something that kind of would fulfill me and I could keep up in the long run. So I knew that I loved kind of developing relationships, rapport, and working closely with people. So I knew I from the beginning I kind of wanted to pursue that area. When you say keep up in the long run, what do you mean? Not burning out, doing what you love um, for a long time. You knew that going into college? Yep. Yeah, I was, I was very concerned about kind of hating my job. That was definitely on the forefront of my mind. I didn't want to be 40 and look back and be like, what have I done? Kind of, I'm stuck in this spot, but it's not what I love, and I don't want to do it every day. So, What do you think made you think about that in high school? I don't know. Maybe anxiety. <laughs> I'm not sure what. But... Yeah, I, I honestly don't know what made me think of that. Did you have any other experiences or anything through your teenage years or childhood that, that drew you to working with kids and families? Well, when I was younger, I thought I definitely wanted to be a teacher. Then I had a teaching internship and realized I would be a horrible teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that kind of maybe planted the seed of wanting to work with kids and families and then once I quickly realized I would be a horrible teacher, I, I pivoted and kind of started thinking of what other areas I could do with that interest. Why do you think you'd be a horrible teacher? I could not manage a classroom. I just wanted to talk to each individual kid <laughs> when I was in there, and then stuff would be going on in the corner, and I'd be focused on little Larry or whoever it was <laughs> talking to him. Um, and so You just I, love people so much that you felt that you would be just so focused, invested in each of these people that you can never handle it at scale, maybe? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think maybe my tunnel vision was a little too strong, and I was just looking at that one person and not um, not the whole room. Gotcha. You know, we've hung out before here at Youth Villages, and you talked about the childhood, the upbringing, the family structure that you had growing up, and you felt grateful for that. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so it's throughout my time here, kind of see a couple different things. One, you see people that are have experienced and 
overcome or work through a lot of pain and hardship, things that have happened to them, things that they've gone through, maybe throughout their upbringing or things they've worked through personally. And then there's men and women like yourself that really feel fortunate for the childhood, for the family structure that they have. But there's something about that that resonates so deeply with them that they then want to spend at least a piece of their career helping give that to others. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Could you maybe unpack a little bit why your own childhood experience or why your own family created such a strong impression on you? Yeah, you know, I think my my childhood and my family definitely had a huge influence on you know who I am today. But growing up, I just always had a really strong sense of kind of gratitude and also like, why me? Um, so why am I lucky to be doing this? And why was I born into this this situation and not someone else? And so I think I have that same approach to kind of all the all the privileges I grew up with, um, being able to go to college and not stressing about that, being able to have adult supports who guided me along that way, and always thinking, why me? Like, how did I get lucky to be literally just born into this situation? I didn't do anything to deserve it. So similarly, people that might have been born or placed into, you know, not as lucky situations, why them? And so I think I've kind of carried that sense of why um, throughout me growing up and choosing what, what path I want to go into. Where a lot of us just kind of either have it, might have it hard or might have it good. A lot of people don't think about it. You seem very unique in the fact that you felt it so strongly that you almost felt guilty, it sounded like. I'm not putting words in your mouth, but it was just so powerful to you that, and you just saw the the way it was in, in a lot of society or other parts of the world, and you just felt it in such an acute way that you just wanted to go all in on it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's something that, I don't know if guilt's the right word, but it's felt like heavy in me. So it sounds like up to this point, you thought you might want to be a teacher, and then you realize that might not be your sweet spot. And then you talked about just understanding people, connecting them with them in a very deep way, understanding human behavior, loving people. And then you talked about living in Thailand, finding Buddhism, and... So then you really just kind of ran with it at college. So it sounds like there's just been a progression the entire time. Is that fair? Mm -hmm. Where it's gotten, you've just kind of kept moving down that path. Yeah, I think I've stayed on the same path kind of that I I envisioned for myself when I was younger, taking some extra loops, but I think I've stayed on the same one. If somebody was asking you for advice, let's say you were on a tour meeting with different students that are studying psychology or education or social work, and they were going to say, hey, what do I need to do in college if I love this work or think I'm drawn to this the way that you are? What advice can you share to me about really trying to make sure I maximize my time here? Yeah, looking back, I definitely wish I had, you know, been more involved in certain things. I think that's a lot of people who experience college and, you know, are just stuck in that whirlwind. And then they look back and they're like, oh, wow, like, my school had these incredible career services that I did not frequent enough or this really cool club that could have taught me these incredible skills, but I was too busy doing these other things. Um, so I think really taking a step to like breathe and look at what you're surrounded by and 
kind of the opportunities that you have um, that are so, it's so easy to overlook those when you're just getting through the day to day. So yeah, really stepping back, assessing everything that you have able or you, you have the ability to experience and really taking advantage of it while you have it. Well, just for context for the listener, it's not like you're a slouch. Uh, you're a captain <laughs> of your cross-country and track team, right? And you double majored in college. Yes. But you're saying that there's a lot of ways to get involved and to kind of scratch that itch. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And just exposure, just learning about different careers, different parts of you know the world that you just isn't in your day-to-day. So just the more experience, the better, I, th- I think. What about that internship, working with refugees? In between my junior and senior year of college, I interned um, in Chattanooga with a refugee resettlement service. And I think that that gave me a really good experience just learning about the day-to-day, the, the nitty-gritty processes of getting someone from one country to another and really all the, all, all the small work that goes into it. So, you know, reaching out to community partners, making sure bedding, housing, all of that is available. I think that was the first time I was a, really saw like big picture and small picture. So you think, okay, re, resettling refugees, how incredible. And then they're like, okay, like we have this many beds, we have this many things that it really showed you big picture and small picture that goes into an organization. Is it fair to say that if you if that wasn't meant to be for you or someone else to do, then you might have stopped then? Yep, definitely. Because <laughs> you go from like the idea of it to the actual work, mm-hmm. but it didn't deter you. No, no, it definitely um, itched the scratch or yeah. fed the, I don't know what the phrase <laughs> Were is. Were you going to say fed the beast? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> That's the title. <laughs> uh and so what you're, when you can do that, it can help you understand your own self. And it gives you a real-world picture into the work itself and lets you know kind of, you know, what you're going to have to be doing. Yep. So you started applying for jobs when? Fall of your senior year? Around then. Yep. I think it was, yeah, around October of 2017. So how'd you go about that? How'd you narrow it down to what you were looking at? I don't think I had a super strong thought process. So, for example, like Peace Corps, the application process has to start very early. Um, so I think that was kind of the first one. And then it just kind of s- snowballed into me just looking at different child services and different nonprofits in Tennessee and just looking around till, till I stumbled on youth villages. And what were you looking for with these different places that you're seeing? What what really mattered to you? Yeah, I really wanted to look into, I guess, a career that was kind of direct services. But again, as I didn't have, you know, my master's in social work or counseling. And so I wanted direct care um, and hands-on experience, but I knew I was limited in kind of my options because I didn't have a, a master's in in certain things. Um, and so, yeah, I think that guided me a lot. So are you saying you had to find the right place to be directly involved in the work, but also not be overlooked because you didn't have your master's? Is that right. what you're saying? Yep. And I guess 
Youth Village has made it clear that you didn't have to have a master's to come here. Yes, for for the job I did, I did not need a master's. And that was attractive to you? Yes. So that's the biggest reason why you came here. Is that right? So that was a, a big reason why I came in. Then there was also, it was called the 360 Career Development Program, or the Youth Villages 360 Career Development Program. And it was kind of a, a cohort of recent college grads um, who had their normal teacher counselor job um, with Youth Villages, but also um, we would get together, you know, at least once a month. And they, I guess, prepared us for a career with Youth Villages. So we learned a lot about um, kind of leadership roles in Youth Villages. Um, We each were paired with a different mentor. Um, We met with different leaders of the organization, learned about what they did. Um, And I thought that was really cool for someone coming from a liberal arts college where we didn't, you know, have specific, very specific degrees. And so having this career development program kind of shape and help guide me in kind of my options and potential at Youth Villages, um, I thought that was a huge appeal. Let's say your your job was to find and give recent college graduates what they needed to help their transition from college to their career in social work, those first one, two, three years. What matters most and what would you focus on? I think, you know, the organization will will really make or break your experience. And so truly looking for organization and company that is invested in you and the services and the youth you serve is huge. So they, you know, an organization that puts back into you what you put into them. And so really focusing on just looking for an organization that provides all that, I think is a a big part. And I think it's important to, you know, know that your first job also doesn't define like your whole career. I feel like a lot of people are really stressed about their first job but that's not your forever. Um, so focusing on finding a place that will give you a good platform to propel you into whatever you want to do next. Did you feel that way? With youth, at Youth Villages, yes, yeah. absolutely. If you didn't, that'd be okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was just curious because you've lived it. Mm-hmm. So you said it's huge coming into an organization where they're invested in you, they're focused on the services that are being done, and then, you know, the youth that are being served. How did you personally feel that way? Yeah, so, you know, when I had my first interview and, and toured the the campus, I had my interview at the Rose Center. Um, I got to see kind of firsthand, well, I, you know, met the youth were, that were being served on the courtyard I was on and was able to talk to staff and a lot of them or all the leaders that I interviewed with, um, you know, they started in the job that I was applying for. So they're like, oh, I, I started as a, a TC. I started as this. So I thought that was really encouraging to see all these leaders and in various areas of the organization that kind of started from where where I was looking to start at. So you, you had these relationships early on, and you were able to hear from these other people that it started where you were, and then they had progressed to doing whatever they were mm-hmm. at that point. And you felt like people were interested in each other person's story or their own experience. And, and that helped you kind of see how it played out for them, and it helped give you maybe confidence or 
maybe yeah. a little bit more clarity early on. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I thought it was really encouraging to see all that. Was it still lonely moving to a new city? Yeah, yeah. I mean, moving to a new city where, you know, you're, I was living with my best friends for multiple years and then kind of we, we all dispersed. So, yeah, moving to a city where I didn't know a ton of people was definitely difficult at first, but I definitely went into it with a mindset of, I need to kind of make this home to me, at least if it's home for now. I need to make strong connections with people and have a community in Memphis where I'd never lived before. So going into it, you knew it would be hard, but you knew that you had to you had to fully commit yourself. Right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, there's no one else doing it for you anymore. So um, yeah, you're your own advocate and own person for that. And so... The 360 program, was that what you just referenced there where you would be outside and talking to different people and they talked about how they started or was that something separate? So when I just had my initial interview with Youth Villages, I was able to talk to, you know, the courtyard supervisor, the director and learn about their experiences with Youth Villages and kind of where they started from. But as I continued with Youth Villages and started my job and was in the three, the YV360 program, that was highlighted even more with the leaders that they brought in to talk to us in different stories. We kind of learned about different leaders of the organization. And you're saying that program and everything else that you just shared, it's, just, it's very important and it helps you feel as connected as you can be when you're coming in with not having any prior relationships, moving to a new city, a new organization. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I started the job, I was in a cohort with 25 other recent college grads. And so that was really encouraging and comforting to have that. Has your love for the work ever ebbed and flow? Or do you think it stayed pretty steady? I've definitely had tired days, but I definitely know this is the area I want to be in. And I I don't think my passion has ever ebbed and flowed. I think I've just been tired some yeah. days. <laughs> Earlier, you were talking about the pressure that somebody can feel being a, maybe a senior in college, their first job. But you've also referenced a lot of the different ways that you can have opportunity, have different roles inside the organization. It's like your own path has become more focused and clarified over time. What's your own experience been like coming here? So career-wise, I've started at the Rose Center in 2018 and was there for a year and some change. And then I transitioned over to the LifeSet program, so in-home services. And I was with LifeSet for about three years. And most recently, I've um, come over to the internal communications department. And so I feel very grateful to be with Youth Villages and kind of to be able to have the flexibility um, and the option to move departments and receive kind of encouragement and guidance throughout it all. Is there anything that you focused on that's paid off well for you personally? I think I've, you know, always prioritized, you know, providing the best service to our kids and families our external partners and, you know, our internal partners. So I think, and that's a huge part that, you know, Youth Village's culture promotes is we want to provide the best service to everyone involved, whether it's the youth and families or another 
organization that we're working with or if it's someone else you're working with internally. So I think that mindset I've carried over throughout, you know, all of my roles and I think has helped me. You've kept the mission first, even when you're tired or when days get long or hard or when times are good, you've just, you've kept focused on the things that you felt like you were taught when you got here and it's just paid off. Is that what you're saying? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Did you know when you were coming here that there would be the diversity of different opportunities? Honestly, I didn't think about it till I got here. I think before I I started the job, I was just like uh, employment post college. Right. Um, I just really wanted that. The, the main thing, a job. Yes, a job. I don't want to go back home to my parents. <laughs> but I think very quickly I saw all the kind of potential um, and options that you have working at youth villages. Is that important? Yeah, I think it, it's huge. You know, with not feeling stagnant in what you're doing. You know you can continue to grow um, and your hard work will pay off by progressing in the company. I think everyone always wants things to look forward to and um, wants to think about their future and goals. Um, and I think these villages encourages that and is you know, on board with that as well. So you're saying if you're doing your work and I mean, and if you love kids and if you love families and you love learning, then there's always something to look forward to. And you can have that hope versus things stalling out. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. It's always moving. That's powerful. What about Memphis? You like Memphis? I like Memphis. What do you like about Memphis? I like the food. I like Everton Park. Oh, nice. I like the Grizzlies. And yeah, it's been good. Um, I moved to Memphis really only coming here a few times for, for track meets. Um, so I had only experienced Memphis at Rhodes College track and then at random hotels. Um, so um, I really didn't know what I was kind of stepping into, but I've really, really enjoyed it. Is there anything that surprised you about Memphis and settling um, down here so far? I think it's such a big, small town that I'm kind of taken away by it sometimes. Like I've only been here four years, but I see people all the time and you always kind of run into someone that knows you or someone that you know. It does feel like a big small town, which can be both good and bad depending on who you want to see, but um, right. it's been fun. Were you nervous or skeptical about Memphis before moving here? I wasn't nervous about moving to Memphis. I was pretty prepared for um, what I was getting into and kind of not starting over, but kind of starting a new leaf. And so I think I I really went in with the mindset of take advantage of all kind of the opportunities you have from the beginning, um, because now is not the time to you know be reclusive in your house. Go to the places that you're invited to, um, spend time with new coworkers or friends, and really embrace the change. Because six months from now, you'll be really happy that you've put time into building those relationships. Did you just read that in a book? Or did somebody <laughs> tell you that? <laughs> that just seems very mature and very opportunistic to think that way coming in. I must have get everything out of it. Well, I guess I had a similar experience in college. You know, I went to school not knowing tons of people. But I was, you know, on the cross-country and track team I made sure I joined different clubs so I could 
build those relationships and put myself in situations where they could continue to grow. Um, so I think I kind of just applied that to moving to Memphis. Is it safe to say you almost have to think that way? Yeah, absolutely. There's not really another alternative <laughs> <laughs> unless you don't want to be happy where you move to. Yeah. Yeah. Have you changed personally because of this work? Yeah, I think I think I've definitely grown a lot throughout my four years here. Your 20s is a lot of time of growth. I started at Youth Villages fresh out of college, wide-eyed, and I, I feel like I've learned a ton about, you know, this organization, the needs of youth and families in our country, and just myself, my identity, I feel like has really evolved over the last few years. If you really do love this work, or you think you may, you know, want to do this work, it's fun. There's a ton of training, ton of information. You felt connected as a person. And if you come in with an attitude to make the most out of it, you're just going to be able to pursue this passion. Yeah, absolutely. Youth villages, I feel like they, they want you to grow. Um, and they're there kind of to, to push you along, hold your hand and all that, all the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you most excited about? Yeah, I'm excited right now because I, well, I feel like I've really, you know, switching from life set in home services to now um, like internal communications, more administration, operational side of things. You know, there's so much I don't know and that I'm learning and that I'm excited to grow in and um, see how we can expand in this way. It's all pretty, you know, fresh and new to me. So I'm excited to have the experience and knowledge that I've had at, you know, the Rose Center and LifeSet and also be able to apply it to what I'm doing now. Um, I think it's really like built a great foundation for me. And yeah, I'm excited to see where I can go with that knowledge moving forward. What do you think is most important for somebody to come in and to have a long-term perspective? Yeah, I mean, I think first, like you need to go in, start and continue going all in um, because if you kind of have to do things, it's easy to just not be fully committed. Um, so I think that's a really big part. And I think you know, as they teach us, like time management is huge. There's a, a lot of work and only a certain amount of hours in the day. And so I think really, you know, focusing on the work you're doing and also ensuring that it's manageable to make sure that you can do it long term. Um, is a huge part of it. Let's say you're talking to a woman or a man and, you know, they're getting their degree right now in social work or they're getting their degree in psychology the way that you did. What's it like to spend your career so far doing this work? I mean, I think there's a huge sense of pride in what I do um, and what I've done. So I think going into this area and this job, um, I think, you know, that some days it can be hard and challenging, but being really proud of kind of what you stand for. So the organization that you work for, the job that you do and the people that you serve, I think is the biggest part of kind of like longevity of the career. And I think that would be something that is important to have on your mind in college um, when you're looking at looking at careers and jobs and companies and thinking, is this, do I, am I going to come home every evening or night um, and be proud of kind of what I've done, what I stand for? And you feel that? 
Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Last question I have. Is there anything you're working on now or that you've seen that you most want changed for the better? I think affordable housing is is the biggest issue. And yeah, it's it's hard to see. I think especially working in life set, young adults just housing options are so limited right now. And I know that's been an issue for a long time, but I think that definitely needs to be changed for the success of the young adult. And what are the consequences by not having affordable housing? So housing is a basic need. So how can you expect someone to hold a job, pay their bills on time, get an education if they aren't even sure where they're going to sleep at night? Thank you. Yep. Thank you. From Youth Villages, I'd like to say thank you for listening to this episode of Stronger Than You Think. And thank you, Trisha Murphy, for sharing your story with us. For more information about careers with Youth Villages, visit www.youthvillages.org. That's youthvillages.org. We have also included resources in the show notes where you can find out more information about our programs. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to support the show, the best thing you can do is recommend it to a friend. Maybe share it with someone who you think might need it right now or is looking for their next career move. On behalf of Youth Villages, my name is Sam Coates, and I'm reminding you that you are stronger than you think. Before we go, here's a sneak peek at what's to come on our next episode with Youth Villages' own Troy Dodson. We'll see you back here then. We need more people that's fearless. I mean, I'm ready to die for this work. And if a person got that fear in them, and these street guys or street women smell that fear, you're not going to be able to impact them or help them. They're going to stop listening. But when you come bold and relentless and ready to die for this work, not being just, just jumping in front of bullets like you're Superman, I'm not talking about that. But when you got that drive, that fear is not on you. And they see that love and they see this consistency. Oh, man. I told you, man, since last year, December of 2021, I done seen so many lives change since then. Since then, I'm talking about killers.